0: time to let the kids out and uh, if you are under 11 you are going to be heading out uh, today for kids church and if you have children that are under three we do have an online crash area out there as well but who is ready for the word of god amen well it's my joy to invite becky up to come and open the word of god
1: in a word of my own then and then steve was like we're gonna open up the word i was like oh that's me <laughs> i need i need to get up but <laughs> brilliant so it's, going, it's so good to be in the house this morning and to and to be bringing god's word so father i just praise you lord i praise you for the honor and the privilege of just being able to bring your word this morning i pray that you would fill me afresh father and that as i speak that your word would come forth in jesus name amen This is really strange being up here it's like the first time hasn't jim jim has done an amazing job (laughs) thanks jim (laughs) he has worked his socks off i know i've been down like a few times this week and every time i've come in has been he's been doing the stage yeah it's great brilliant so this morning i am bringing you anchored in praise joy in the chaos so, I know. so our theme over july and august has been about being anchored and what this looks like so we've had um, being anchored in peace joy and love and they're actually they're all interlinked as well but what we've wanted to do is to kind of look in more depth at each um thing and to You know, it's good, isn't it, to delve into God's Word so that we understand how to live according to God's Word and His will um, and to use the tools that it's provided us to do as well. So, yeah, so we're going to look at what Anchored in Praise looks like and how we can have joy in the chaos. So I'm going to read you Ephesians 4, which we would have on the screen, except um, I told Steve it was from Philippians 4. Um, So so we have Philippians 4, but I'm reading Ephesians 4. (laughs) So we're not going to put it on the screen. (laughs) So unity and maturity in the body of Christ. As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. That's not easy, is it? and gave gifts to, the pe- to his people. What does, he, what does he ascended mean? Except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended to the very one is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love We will grow to become in every aspect and respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed." therefore each of you must put our falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all members of one body in your anger do not sin do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need Amen. And I know that that is, it is like, it's a long chapter. But it goes through how we can actually be steadfast in God. And it's bringing it back that Jesus is that cornerstone. And that we need to keep bringing everything back. So, number one, the anchor. So, as I've said, God didn't just create us and then leave us to get on with life. He's given us the tools we need to do this. God wants you to enjoy life and to live it to the full. But to fully live, this comes surrender. Which is not easy. So I know we've gone over this a bit already. But I'm just going to give just a, re, a rephrase of, um, of anchor and what it actually means to be anchored. So to make something or someone stay in one position by fastening him, her or it to it firmly. What does it mean when something is an anchor? So a person or thing that can be relied on for support, stability or security Mainstay. Hope was his only anchor. And then some words from that unshakable, rooted, solid, steady, secure, robust, pillar, protection, dock, fasten. I would say that we are all anchored to something. And that it can be the above, it can be rooted and solid and steady and that it can be a protection but that doesn't mean that what you're anchored in is good we may think it's good and maybe we feel like we're living and being anchored but have we anchored ourselves in chaos and there comes a point where We may feel uncomfortable, and we know we need to move, but the uncomfortable feels comfortable, and it's become normal, so you're quite happy sitting in it. A false sense of comfortable. So, as I was preparing, I came across this. Humans are fundamentally needy creatures, newborns instinctively gasp for oxygen kids hunger for afternoon snacks high schoolers seek friends and popularity young adults chase careers and so on people are needy by design physically socially emotionally and most importantly spiritually and you know in in the world people are they are craving that hole that they're missing And, you know, us as Christians, we know that that is Jesus and we know that we're not whole until we know that we've got Jesus living within us. But that spirituality for other people, they can be looking, you know, in, in, in witchcraft, in so many different areas as to what that spirituality means, which then again, if they're then anchored in that, you've then got a whole load of chaos as well. So, number two, what are we anchored in? Are we anchored in praise or are we anchored in chaos? So, chaos, complete disorder and confusion. So, anarchy, disarray, discord, disorder. That just sounds horrible. <laughs> so, and. <laughs> And we can also you know be anchored in god and in praise but still have lots of chaos around us you know in verse 14 it said then we will no longer be infants tossed about back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming this is why we as well we need to have accountability with people we need to have that fellowship god didn't create us to live on our own he didn't create adam and eve and say eve you go to that end of the world and adam you go to that end he were made for you know communion with each other to live with each other and to be nice to each other So we are all anchored in something are you anchored in praise which from it flows joy or are we anchored in chaos with which flows confusion and sadness and a longing for something that satisfies the flesh so anchored in praise what does this mean so praise facilitates access to god the expression of respect and gratitude as an act of worship This can be verbal, but it can also be through clapping and singing and dancing. So it's the whole of us as well. So in Psalms 63, verse 3 to 5, it says, Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied, as with the richest of foods, with singing lips. My mouth will praise you. Because your love is better than life. Have you fully met God? Like, and that you know that you know that you know that you know with all your heart that his love is better than life. That actually when we accept his love, we come alive. We start and become who we're meant to be in him we start listening to his words and not the enemies you know if we do then we'll gladly praise with all our hearts because we'll know where he's brought us from it won't feel like a chore but it'll come freely are we anchored in it when the going gets tough what is the first thing that you go and do? Are you kind of set in your uncomfortably comfortable where you'll go to a friend and you'll moan? Or do you get in the war room and start praising God? number three praise doesn't remove the chaos but we can have joy in it so the enemy will always bring chaos and will try to trip you up but if our perspective is on our creator and knowing how much he loves us and truly knowing him we can have what steve was talking about last week about we can have that peace Which transcends all understanding that makes no sense and that others that don't know god will look at you and say that you know it makes no sense because what you see in the natural god's doing something in the supernatural and it's tuning into that as well so blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Who meditates on his law day and night. I would love to say that I regularly do that day and night, and I try my hardest, (laughs) but I can't say that I fulfill that every single day because I am human. But it's that daily choosing says that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers i know that that is definitely easier said than done as i was saying but i try but praise is a choice we have to choose to praise. We have to choose to daily live a lifestyle of praise. Yeah. Praise leads you to fighting for your future. So as I was, I was looking, so I, I have books and books and books of journals from about the age of 16. And, and for me, I'll talk about a bit of my testimony in a minute but for me that was where I could go and I could meet with God and a lot of that was actually praying but as um, I was looking in one of these so this is a day-by-day note that I'd written out from the 30th of October in 2008 it's easy to fall into the trap of believing your fickle feelings more than what God says in his word and it will be a constant act of your will to choose to do things his way rather than your own way But when you do, you'll discover that life is more enjoyable when you are living according to God's plan. Just as you don't let everybody who knocks on your door come in and make themselves at home, don't let every emotion that services dictate the direction of your day or decide your responses. I'll say that last bit again. Don't let Just as you don't let everybody who knocks on your door at home, and you know, we teach our children as well, don't we, we teach the youth, you know, the stranger danger, you don't let anybody in. This is what God is saying, this is tools that he's given you that you need to take each thought captive. You need to be the steward of your own mind and to be able to to know if it's God or if it's the enemy or if it's the world says don't let every emotion that services dictate the direction of your day or decide your responses. Are we listening (coughs) to our thoughts? Are we taking each thought captive and making them obedient to Christ? (coughs) Did you know that whatever we think about the most grows because we give it energy? That's really powerful. Whatever you think about the most grows, because you give it energy. What are you giving energy to the most? Are you letting the enemy in and giving you a foothold, giving him a foothold to believe all the lies that it, all the lies that is saying that you're not worthy, that your life won't amount to anything, that you're not going to get healed, that your children aren't going to come back and know God? Or are you going to believe? The promises that God has spoke over your life. So this is a short paragraph from a book, from a lady that's a neuroscientist. So I will try and explain it if it gets a bit um (laughs) thingy. But it's, it's really fascinating. So it says, toxic energy accumulates if it isn't dealt with. And will eventually explode, affecting our in inaction in a volcanic and uncontrolled way. So, in other words, so the toxic energy is the negative thoughts. So, if that is all-consuming, if we don't deal with that, that eventually explodes. And that's where you get your mental health, you get your anxiety and your depression, because it, it builds up inside of us. It has to come out. You know, we're not meant to suppress our emotions. If we weren't meant to cry, we wouldn't be able to cry. So dealing with our toxic thoughts and traumas means that all this swirling, chaotic, toxic energy needs to be transferred from the negative thought to the reconceptualized, healthy thought in order to restore balance and coherence to the mind. Essentially, our non-conscious mind is like a first-class housekeeper. It's always looking for toxic disturbances, rooting them out and dropping hints into the subconscious mind through emotional and physical warning signs. So again, if you're kind of feeling really anxious, all of a sudden, that would be your non-conscious mind warning you. You know, if you're stressed, do you need to take time out? Do you need to give yourself rest? Because again... God said on the seventh day, rest. So are we looking after ourselves? So it's about the whole of us, it's our body, mind, and soul. And it's learning to incorporate the soul in that as well and to think that. So the healthy thoughts. And I, I find it I find it fascinating because actually what they're finding out in the neuroscience now is it proves what god's word says so where it says take each thought captive and make it obedient to christ you literally rewire new thought patterns into your brain and cause that to be healthy because you're throwing out what's not meant to be in there god's called us for love We're wired to love. We're not wired to be in negative, to be depressed, to be low. Which is why it feels all out of sorts. Because we're meant to be connected to God. We're meant to be loved, to feel loved, to have that connection. To know that he truly loves us. And this is where the enemy gets in when he spreads all of those lies. Because if he can get you focused on him or on the negative, then you're not concentrating on what God wants you to do, and he silences you, which is what happened to me, so the more we resist the way we're meant to live, the more we will struggle in our day-to-day, our thinking and thought patterns, our lifestyles, and our our health and you know the more that we're learning about it now if we're so stressed if we're working constantly if we don't take that sabbath day of rest like god told us to in you know at the creation of time we can have breakdowns i've had one i've had a few actually but um (laughs) but that's been my journey and that's been my learning so a bit of my testimony So I'm trying to think of when it started. So I got bullied right through school, so right from primary school age. I I almost kind of felt like I was two different people because I was very timid and very quiet at school, but at home I was extremely loud, full of laughter, and I somehow managed to navigate the two and completely separate them. But again, you can only do that for so long before you crash. And the more that I did that... Um, the anxiety and the fear started so by the age of about probably 12 I would say really badly being bullied and I can remember actually kneeling on the floor and just praying to God and saying what is the point to life like for me the age of 12 was quite significant because I did just lay it out to God and I just I surrendered And I know within a week I moved schools and, you know, all of that was okay. I was then doing a lot better. But I still had all this anxiety and this fear building up. It was almost like fear was wrapped around me. I would have daily panic attacks. I was in my mum and dad's bed until I got married. I was awake at night. I wasn't sleeping. I was hyperventilating to the point where I couldn't get out of the house. And this carried on until I was about 27 so by that time I'd had all my children um, and it did get to the point where after Isaac I had I really did have a breakdown and it was like I was completely my head was separated to my body and um, and I got admitted to the mother and baby unit Um and it was, it was bad. I had to learn almost like what was normal again. And, and God's really taken me on that journey. But even through all of that, I didn't let it consume me. I allowed God to work in me. So unless I wanted you to know, you wouldn't know. I was that happy, buddly, buddly, bubbly person that I always had been. And it was hard you know, the first few years of our marriage was really difficult. And I praise Jesus that Steve did not leave me because I was horrible. I was <laughs> really awful. He had to be like a parent figure because I needed constant reassurance and security. I would only want to go out the house if he was with me. Um, yeah, daily daily panic attacks constantly. It would just kind of sweep, just like a wave across me. And I can remember... Going out of the house, if he wasn't there, I had to ring him or my mum and just say, I just need you to talk to me, because I knew that if I could distract my mind, then I would be able to break through from that. It became my normal. But even though it became my normal, I wasn't gonna let myself stay there because Throughout all of that, I learned to praise. I chose to praise. Steve would come home and the worship music would be blaring out. I would have sticky notes absolutely all over the house (laughs) with different Bible verses on. And I tell you what, you know, the spoken word is amazing. If you think that God spoke and the world came to be, so I would then speak God's word over me that even though I didn't feel worthy, God says that I was, so I chose to believe in that. And gradually, he built, it built me up. And the grip of fear lost its hold on me. Because perfect love casts out all fear. And that doesn't mean that I still don't have, you know, if I'm being truly honest, if I don't have those anxiety moments. Because I do. Sometimes I wake up in a gas. But because of what he's taught me through that, I'm able to spot it and to think, hang on a minute, that's not of you, Lord. And I'm able to cut it off, and it has to flee. The enemy has to flee. And for me, that was my training ground. And amazingly, I now work and help people. That's what I do, so I might... um, So a psychotherapist, counsellor. And I work with a lot of trauma, which is amazing. So what the enemy meant for harm, God's like, yeah. (laughs) You know, God's like, hang on a minute. I'm going to turn this around for me and for my glory. So when everything feels like chaos is around you, for me, God was building my faith. And I knew that I had to hold on and not let go and it's that daily choice and that was not easy i so easily could have been in that place i could have let the enemy win in that sense i could still be very much in that anxiety place and it's hard and everybody has their own walk with that as well um definitely do have their own work you know their own their own walk with that but me, it's made me stronger. And as much as I wouldn't wish it on anybody, I know it's made me who God's called me to be. He's used it because he turns everything around for his good. So, having a laugh with friends or grabbing a bite to eat cannot result in lasting satisfaction. The deepest needs are of the soul, not the body. Thankfully, this passage, so it's talking about um, the Ephesians, proclaims that these needs can be satisfied through Jesus, who is rich in glory. The more we grow in our faith in Christ, the more our needs are satisfied by the riches he offers. Paul confirmed that the God of the universe is able. The one who created humans will also be their continued resource. God can be trusted to take care of those who believe in Christ Jesus, who left heaven to show love and and mercy to rebels, the God whom believes the God whom believers trust for provision is the same God with the power to conquer sin and death. He can meet any need. You have to fight for your future. And God's given us all the tools in his word. You know, it's, it's, it's sometimes, you know, it's that not saying something and thinking about it. What I'm saying, is this going to bring somebody up or is it going to bring somebody down? It's taking each thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. We're in a spiritual battle. It says in Ephesians 6, to put on your full armor that God has given you. So that's the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of truth. Is it the breastplate of truth? I'm forgetting. Or is it the belt of truth? The belt of truth, tied around your waist. <laughs> you know, and the shield of faith. God has given us that. And I think sometimes because, you know, we're in a physical realm, we always try and do things physically, but we forget the aspect of we're also spiritual beings. Whether we like it or not, there is that spiritual side to us. And it's not being afraid of that, but it's it's praying. That's where we connect with God. That's where what we pray and how we pray and what we speak manifest into the physical realm so are we giving our troubles and our fears to god or are we sitting in it in that uncomfortably comfortable are we allowing the enemy to get a foothold are you trusting that god is in control So another paraphrase of of Psalms 1, 1 to 3, what I read earlier is, What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways? Who won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the mocker's seat. His passion is to remain true to the word of I am, meditating day and night on the true revelation of light. He... Will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by god's design deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss bearing fruit in every season of life he is never dry never fainting ever blessed and ever prosperous amen yeah amen
0: One, two, there we go. The mother of the house has just spoken into your lives there. Come on. I'm very proud of you. And, um, you know, as a husband, I can sit there and I can get very emotional because i've walked that journey with her but i want you to know one of the first things i said to my wife and this is something that some of us need to do today and i just felt god remind me of it is you've got to allow the walls that you've created and built up in your life to come down because god is not an intrusive god he's a god who is invited in you have to chase after it and you have to say god come fill me afresh. come live in my life I choose to give you all of me right now in this place we're just going to stand because I just believe there's a moment before we leave sometimes our culture sometimes the way we've been brought up has been told to keep going to press on something bad happens in our lives to not deal with it I'm a strong believer that actually if we don't deal with the thing that has affected our lives all we do is we carry it on to the future and it starts to shape and mold who we are as a person maybe today you're actually learning something about yourself because there are things in your life and you, you might even see patterns in your life which you've carried into your future and you may not like some of the things that have come out of that but right now we can come before God and say God I'm here I'm sorry if I've carried anything that I shouldn't have carried through And I choose to lay down my walls. I choose to open myself to all of you. Because you are God. Come and do something in my life that will change my life forever. If that's you today, I want every eye closed in this place because I don't want any embarrassment. We're just going to reach out our hands right now. And we're going to say, God, come and do something new in my life. Come on. Jesus, we invite you into our lives afresh. Lord, we say, may the walls come tumbling down. Lord, I may be frightened, I may be afraid. But I know I don't need to be afraid because I trust in you. And I know that you have me in your hands, Lord God. Today I say come and have your way in my life afresh. Holy Spirit, I invite you afresh in my life. Come and heal the where it needs to be healed, Lord God. Come and remove what needs to be removed in the mighty name of Jesus. Come and make new what needs to be made new in the name of Jesus, I ask. I speak over every life here today, Lord God. Whether past hurt, past trauma has journeyed on in people's lives, I pray, Lord God, that as we recognize that, as we receive it, we choose praise, Lord God. We choose to praise the name of Jesus. And we choose to deal with that that has conflicted our relationship with you and we choose to follow you Jesus all the days of our life Lord we choose praise because there is joy in the chaos and Lord I pray that we may be a sweet fragrance of joy to you as well Lord God as we follow you in your mighty name, Amen